0: everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my guest today is Skylar Mason. Now, this is a man who is so incredibly passionate about his life and what he does. He truly created life his way. So I know maybe you've heard me say that before, because yes, this is the Travel and Transformation Show, but the entire brand and message is to create life your way. And Skylar has done it. He is the founder and CEO of SkyIn. So thank you, Skylar, for being here. I can't wait for everybody to hear your story. So why don't we just jump right in and just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. As you mentioned, when you create a career around your passion and what you really believe and love, it doesn't turn into a career, it turns into a lifelong goal and being able to support and inspire others. My name is Skylar Mason, and ever since I was two years old, I've been so deeply fascinated and captivated in African culture. I'm telling you to this day, my parents still have no idea where this came from, but since at the age of two, I've had the dream of immersing myself into Africa. Don't know where it came from, my parents believe it was kind of a past life that I had on the continent of Africa, But I was very fortunate at the age of 14 that I had a family friend who was from Kenya that brought me out to his homeland when I was a young boy to spend an entire summer out there to really immerse myself into his culture, into his communities, to build lifelong relationships. And my first time ever touching down in Kenya, I truly fell in love, felt so connected, so appreciated, so accepted in a world so different than our own that I kept going back to Kenya ever since. Well, one thing I had a dream of doing while I was growing up is I came from a family-owned business here in the States. So my father actually built a company, a smoked salmon manufacturer. I get that question a lot. Was there connections with your family, with your parents? No, there was actually zero connections. It was just a family friend that my parents knew at the time that brought me out there. But growing up in a family business, I saw what my father did. He created a company that really supported a lot of people with jobs. Jobs that empower people, jobs that provided to support their families, to create opportunities, to create resources. And as I grew up, I knew that there was one thing I really had a desire to do was to get back out to Kenya and to create an opportunity to create a business that supported these communities.
0: Okay, so let me stop you there because you're already answering some of my <laughs> questions, right? So <laughs> one of the questions I was going to ask you is why you decided to open Sky in. So you kind of just let us know that a little bit is that you wanted to be able to create jobs and opportunities in Kenya. But one of the things I want to jump back to is the fact that your parents thought, and I think this is so progressive because so many people don't really have this thought, but that you must have had a past life in Africa. Yeah, And I just wanted to bring that up because I do past life regression, So clearly I believe that this is not the first time around for everybody. And we don't always remember what our past lives are because I think we make these agreements that we don't remember Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that we can come back and learn the lessons that we need to learn or to create the things that we need to create. But I just wanted to pull that out of your story and just highlight that because again, for your parents to be like, oh, okay, this must've been a past life thing and just think casual about it and normalize it so that you're like, oh, okay, so I'm not strange. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just a thing. <laughs> you know, I really love that part. I love that part of the story because I like the way they just normalize that, hey, that must have been a thing. You were here before, and that's probably where you are.
1: Yeah. And also, to be honest, another thing that people always look back on is how in the world did my parents allow their 14-year-old son To go to a foreign land like Africa by himself with, you know, again, family, friends, but not somebody that you're super connected with. They're not there on their own. And so it was the trust. And my parents said at that point of my life, at the point of their life as well, they knew this was the right thing to do. They knew that this was the universe calling, that this was something that was in my path, in my direction. And like you said, things kind of fall into place how they were or how they should be. And that's kind of where the story all started.
0: I love that. Yes, I'm just going to say it again. I love that because the trust in the universe and the trust that this is your path and they just allowed you to be on your path is incredible because there's so many people who have a path, but they get veered off the path because somebody thought there was something better out there for them or there was something different that they should be doing. And you just had the good fortune. Well, I mean, you pick them. So, you know, cause I think we pick our parents for whatever <laughs> lessons we need to learn or whatever journey we need to go on. So you pick them and they stood up and they let you do your thing. So I think yeah. at two to 14, knowing that this is my path because there's so many of us that it's taken us a long time to figure out what's our path? What's my purpose? And to be so clear at such a young age, I yeah. think is really incredible and that you didn't stray. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is my thing and this is what I'm going to do. And you're yeah. doing it. And I think that's amazing. Okay.
1: Thank you. And, you know, typically most children here in the States, their connection is Disney World, toys, sports. Right. And for me to have, like you said, this connection, this I like to say it's a vibration I had in my life that it drew me to really want to immerse myself. And please keep in mind that my dream was not to go to Africa to experience the wildlife like everybody else. You know, it wasn't like I want to go see elephants or lions in the wild. It was I wanted to go and immerse myself into indigenous tribal villages to really learn the culture. And so tying back into the path, it's so far off, and when I meet with people, you know, the first thing I say is, "How in the world did this come about? Where did this even come from? Where did this right. start?" From? It's a unique story. It's a unique path. And then again, I turn my path into my passion, into a career. And I knew that there was so much more to my life than just to be able to, you know, create what I've been able to experience in life and do more with the capabilities I'm able to provide.
0: So, tell us a little bit about. Because you said you wanted to get immersed in the culture and the tribes and things like that. So tell us a little bit about that part of your life.
1: Yeah. So one thing I've always just, again, been so interested is how other people and cultures live differently than we do, especially here in the States. You know, being able to live in huts and live amongst the wildlife and live with a simplistic type of lifestyle, that really attracted me. And one thing I also really acknowledge is that these people in that part of the world are so different than myself. I don't look like them. I don't sound like them. I don't act like them. I don't dress like them. But one thing they have always let me know is that I feel like I am a part of them. I think what really drew to me is that there's still a lot of hatred. There's a lot of people hating on others for their skin color, where they come from, what they have. In that part of the world, in our eyesight, they might not have a lot because they live a simplistic life. They don't have running water. They don't have electricity. But they have love, they have community, they have passion for one another, and they're the most hospital welcoming people. And I think that's what really drew to me is the people themselves and how joyful of a life they live and how happy they are with such minimalist type of things that they have.
0: And I think that is a good lesson to really feed into because as I look around, I have a lot of crap. I am not a minimalist by any stretch of the imagination. but to also recognize that there are people who truly are minimalists and they are happy in their life, right? They know that everything is working together for their good and they come from a place of love first. Yep. And wanting maybe later. Yeah. And just
1: also the support that they provide. Where we come from here out here, it's like you work hard for your significant other, you work hard for your children. But out there, you work hard for your community. You work hard for your neighbors. You work hard to be able to build a society. And that's one thing I drew. And that's what why I love what I do is that I give back to others. And in that part of the world, it's not about themselves. It's about how do you support others? And how do you make a difference in others' lives?
0: And that's another thing that here, especially in certain states, is hard. Well, in my opinion, I can only say in my opinion, because so I'm looking out of my lens, right? It's not always easy. And I'm not going to use the word hard. It's not always easy to build community. Yeah. Because we have become, especially since COVID, so isolated and Mm -hmm. so individualistic that building community doesn't necessarily come naturally Mm -hmm. to everybody. And so to go to a place where building community, it just is what it is. Yeah. This is our way of life, I think, is something that people really need to experience, you know? Yeah. So you opened your company, In. Tell us a little bit about the company.
1: Yeah. So to kind of backtrack of where I left off a while ago is that the main reason why I wanted to start my company was I wanted to create jobs, long-term opportunities and resources. But then when about six years ago, when I stepped down from my family business, I went out to Kenny and I figured out what do I do now? I know this is my path. I know this is what I'm meant to do, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. Do I build? Mm. Do I manufacture something? Do I resource something? And then while I was out there, I came to realize the reason I cared so much is the type of experiences I've been able to encounter since I was a young boy. Again, less like a tourist and directly like a local. Connecting Mm. with locals, living with locals, the acceptance of locals traveling across country with the local expertise and the local safety, security. And I started really looking at the market out there of what tourism really does. And it does, you know, draws in the wildlife and the safaris, and that's huge. And I would never tell someone ever to go to Kenya without experiencing a beautiful luxury safari. But then I came to realize that I've been blessed to have these experiences and these lifelong relationships with these communities, with suburban communities, as well as indigenous communities. And then I said to myself, you know what? I want to duplicate the same immersive, authentic, intimate experiences I have of being able to connect with cultures and wildlife unlike our own and give Traveller a more off-the-beat path experience while in return making a difference and making a sustainable impact for these communities. So again, with my company being in business now for five years, I have really created an opportunity to create and to help and benefit both sides of the spectrum give travelers these more transformative immersive adventures while still having a luxury built into it Mm -hmm. while also making sure that we support these communities because my ultimate goal is I want to transform how local communities are impacted by tourism
0: and so you know that they can have a luxury experience but Is it all luxury or is it a blend of luxury and maybe homestays or meeting actual locals and hanging with locals and stuff? Is that kind of what it's like?
1: That's a great question. So we actually cater all our excursions to meet the exact needs and desires of our clients and our agents. And when you say we want to make sure that we pair luxury with authenticity, and there's a huge spectrum of what that looks like.
0: We understand when
1: you come to uh, Nairobi, the capital city of Kenya, you always have to fly in, you always have to fly out of Nairobi. We offer two different ways of being able to host someone. One is beautiful boutique hotels, and that's kind of the higher end five-star luxury. But then we also an enriching, highly vetted Nairobi homestay experience where travelers can actually come and stay with a host family in the suburban homestay, same amenities you and I are used to at our own homes. Very highly vetted, safe, secured, monitored neighborhoods, complete bathrooms, hot water showers, electricity, etc. For a, a unique cultural encounter. But then there's also in between as well. If they don't want to stay overnight with the host family, they can still come and spend an afternoon evening with the host family to learn about their culture, their family traditions, have a beautiful family home cooked dinner, while then also at the end of the evening going back to their hotel to be able to spend the night. So again, the spectrum all varies depending on the level of immersion that travelers are looking for. For instance, when it comes to our tribes, yes, you are going to indigenous tribes where they live in mud huts. They don't have electricity. They don't have running water. You are spending the entire day immersed into these communities. And we offer two different tribes in Kenya for a very, as you would say, an authentic experience. But then at the end of the night where you rest your head, depends on, again, your level of immersion. You're not going to spend the night in the villages, but you will come back to the city and you'll be able to then choose if you want to go to a boutique hotel, or again, if you're on the coast, visiting our coastal tribe at a beachfront resort, or you can stay with a vetted host family for your stay while you're in Nairobi. So we like to just let people know that it's not just about one or the other, it's about providing an authentic blend. So as we travel all across Kenya, while you're in the city, you can stay with a host family or a hotel. When you're on the coast, you're staying at beautiful, elegant beachfront resorts. And then, of course, when you're on your safari, staying at uh, luxurious safari camps and lodges inside the National Parks and Reserves.
0: Okay, y'all, who wants to go? Who wants to go? (laughs) You've heard this. Who wants to go? Because I'm putting a trip together, just so you know. (laughs) There you go. Who wants to go? This just sounds so incredibly amazing. So I think you've kind of answered this next question that I have, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Because when you look out there, there's so many suppliers, right? Yep. You jump online, you see all kinds of people who are doing African safaris, they're going to Kenya, they're doing A, B, and C. What makes yours unique? So that I would say, oh, I'm going to do the trip that Sophia is putting together with Skylar versus the thing that I saw on TripAdvisor or Expedia or wherever? That's a great
1: question. So we are going to offer the same type of luxurious safaris, private company vehicles, beach stays, like every other company will offer. But what makes us unique is that we pair those experiences with very authentic cultural experiences. Other companies don't offer what we do when it comes to the homestays, when it comes to the tribal village experiences. If you say you want to go and engage and spend time at a local school or a children's orphanage, those is what makes us unique, is that we offer not just going on a wildlife safari, and only experiencing the wildlife or only going to the coast and only experiencing the beaches, but we want to make sure we offer the most authentic blend, adding culture, beaches, wildlife, all in the grand scheme, while also, again, making a sustainable impact. Travelers nowadays do really care about how does their trip make a difference in this world? Whether it's the ecosystem, whether it's the wildlife and conservation, whether it's communities, everything we do is to give back and to support these communities while then also giving travelers these enriching experiences. So being able to tailor made our journeys and our excursions to make sure that we fit in the wildlife, the coast, the authentic cultural experiences. But again, there's other companies that do offer cultural experiences, but we, if you really look deep and hard, a lot of those cultural experiences tend to be very commercialized, canned experiences. For instance, mm-hmm. you go to the Masemara, Mara. It's extremely well-known. And a lot of operators are actually gearing away from that because they see it's a lot more exploiting and doing more harm than doing any good. Mm-hmm. When you go to the Masemara Mara and you go on the safari, they say, okay, you know, spend an hour at a cultural boma, which means it's a village, a pop-up village. They don't actually live there. You come in, there's a park here sign, you pay as you get in. You sit on a bench and you watch performers perform. Oh. Here at the we take you off the beat path where no tourists go to, to real live communities where you're going to spend the entire day dressing like a villager, eating what an authentic village lunch is really all about in that tribe, learning all the roles of the woman and the warriors from the roots of it all. You're going to meet and engage with the chiefs of these communities. You're going to play with the children, learn about their watering habitats, as well as their livestock and building their huts and their homes to their handmade jewelry. Again, it's to give travelers such a more full, in-depth experience of learning about their culture, their traditions, and rituals from the roots of it all. But again, keep that in mind because I like to keep bringing that up. Is the sustainability as well. Your engagement is making a sustainable presence for these communities. It's creating jobs. It's opening up marketplaces. We also have a water well foundation now where we're trying to fundraise and build water wells in different Maasai communities because in that part of the world, the simplicity of just getting a cup of water per day is a major issue. Mm -hmm. So not only do travelers get to come into these remote areas and spend the entire day, again, completely private and completely exclusive because Skyen owns and operates these experiences. I built these experiences with the chiefs of these tribes. They're family to me. I grew up with them. So, when I say I can offer what other companies can't, it's because of my life experiences and my connection and relationships with them while creating such a difference in people's lives, both for the travelers as well as the communities.
0: I like the idea that this is like family for you, yeah, and they're welcoming in the people that you bring, you know, so it does make it different because. When you have the commercialized experience, then you walk away with, oh, that was cool. (laughs) You know, that was really nice, you know, but you're still on the outside looking in. But it sounds like with your experience, you're on the inside. Yeah, you're completely on the inside and you're experiencing what's happening. So you're being present in the moment, not to a performance, but to a lifestyle.
1: Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, as again, being in business for five years now, our agents and our clients come back and they tell us, they said, when we got to experience these tribes, we can feel the difference that this is making for them. Because again, a lot of people, they want to say they're supporting, and I'm not trying to gear away to other companies or places that don't support, but sometimes you don't know what they're actually doing. You don't know where that money's going to. You don't know who's running the show. You don't know who the owner is. It's the story. It's my relationship. When our travelers go there, they walk away saying, I know exactly what Sky Inn is providing for these communities, what it's doing to impact them. And so when they come and spend the day with them and build those relationships with them, that is something that people and travelers cherish forever. It's not just all about sightseeing and bringing home beautiful pictures and souvenirs. It's those connections that you make. It's being able to go into someone's home, a small little hut, where you're walking in and you could still smell the smoke from the fire from breakfast. And the mother is teaching you and showing you how she's making her jewelry or how she's milking a cow or how, you know, again, learning directly from these villagers on their day-to-day life, it allows you as a traveler to come back to your own home, wherever that may be in the world and appreciate things, accept things. I understand you're not going to come back and go build a hut in front of your home and live in it, right? (laughs) But you're going to appreciate community. You're going to accept things. You're going to honor things in a lot different way. And that's why our tagline, when we first created Sky Inn, I made sure that our tagline was something that suited what this truly is. Travels that touch the soul. It's going to give you more than just a sightseeing adventure. This is not some average trip or vacation. This is, we like to say, an immersive journey because it really gives you such a whole new perspective on life when you can really go and connect again with people, with cultures so far from your own.
0: And then on a practical note, I'm sure we have guides and everything. So these guides are gonna actually be our interpreters as well, I'm assuming. Right, Because, Absolutely. I don't know, I've traveled quite a bit and so many things are getting westernized that I feel yeah. You know, it's, it's just like right, we're losing, right. we're losing pieces of people's culture. Right. Yep. So, I mean, granted, would it be nice if I could, you know, just sit and speak English to somebody? That'd <laughs> be great. But at the same time, it's like you want them to hold on to their culture so that it's there for their kids and for the next generations down. So yep. we have a guide who comes in, who speaks Their language and our language, depending on what our language is, because I know everybody doesn't speak English, but I'm just speaking from my perspective and does all the translations and everything so that we don't miss anything.
1: Absolutely. Well, do keep in mind, Kenya is an English speaking country. It is colonized by the British. So when you go into the towns and the cities, if people can have the opportunity for education, they will speak English. And when you go into the remote indigenous villages, they do not speak English. And every experience, I'm not just talking about the villages. I'm talking about our sailing voyages. I'm talking about going on safari, the villages, the homes. Every experience we offer, we have our own local sky in representative, local guide who is walking you, guiding you, teaching you everything. Cause like you said, we want to also make sure we preserve the authenticity. We're not here to change anything. When I built these programs with the chief of these tribes, for example, I made sure that we do not change who they are, what they do for the sake of this program. Mm. Again, we want to bring people to authentically, culturally connect and learn directly who they are for what they are and what their life is all about. Yeah. And that's what that makes Kenya so spectacular. If you go to other Southern countries in Africa, they do mention that a lot of the tribes have become a lot more Westernized, modernized. They don't right. live in indigenous ways anymore. One thing that makes Kenya so spectacular is it still has... Kenya has 42 tribes and there's still some that have become a lot more modernized, but there is still remaining indigenous tribes. And the Maasai, for example, the Maasai is probably one of the most well-known tribe of all of Africa. You know, they they dress up in red, they jump up and down, they have all the, the jewelry, but they still live amongst their indigenous ways. And again, when someone like us can go and immerse with them to see their real way of life, I mean, it's such an exciting experience, you know? And it's not suited for everybody. We understand that there's travelers out there that would rather have a one hour performance and sit and eat their lunch at a nice lodge and have the dancers just perform. And we're not steering away from that. But then we also know there's a market of travelers out there that want that real to the roots type of experience and really go to a place that again, it's going to transform them in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, I like that part because again, it's one of those things that I look at the juxtaposition, right? Right. So, I was in one place and there, I was in one side of the street. There's this beautifully preserved church and the stained glass windows and all the lovely ancient things that were just still there. And then yeah. you look across the street and there's a McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and for me, that was just like, uh, you know, it kind of takes away from the experience a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, uh, you know. But at the same time, I understand that for a lot of people, they want something different, but they want something familiar. But I like the idea that this is like, let me show you how similar we are and celebrate our differences. 100%. As opposed Uh, to, let's just assimilate you (laughs) into what we know. (laughs) And a lot of
1: people, they tell us, I mean, through our reviews, the feedback they get back, they say they've never felt so free than being in the village because there's no pollution. You see animals just grazing amongst the savanna right next to the villages. And you can see how people and wildlife are connected together. They're not there to fight over land. They're there to live amongst each other. Mm -hmm. Also, there's not the traffic. There's not the loud noises. When the night falls, again, you're typically not in the village during that night. But when the night falls, you look up and you can see the stars as opposed to a polluted city that you just hear the loud noises, all the lights and the shine, and all that. That's why, I mean, for personally for me, and that was incredible. When I first started my company, I knew what this did to me. I knew that it impacted me and changed my life in so many different ways and elements. But my biggest fear in the beginning was, okay, I know this is something special for me, but if I create this, will this impact others the same way? Mm. And I've been in business for five years now. I've came to realize it really does. I mean, some of the stories that we hear that people come back and they say that they reach out to us, they email us, they call us and they say, I just want to explain to you what my transformational story was. And being able to come back, we've had one client come back to the States and said, I've never really met my neighbors. I lived in the same community for years and years and years. I'm very introverted. I never met my neighbors. I do my own thing and I you know go to my home and that's it. She went on a, a journey with us. She came back and introduced herself to every single neighbor in her cul-de-sac. And she called me up and she told me that she said, Skylar, your trip taught me about community, about being there for one and She said, I needed to make sure that I approached all my neighbors in the cul-de-sac to let them know that I am there for them. If something happens, that I'm there for them. Right. And her transformational story. And it's incredible. And another thing that this is another story that it really touches me in so many ways. We one time had a traveler and he was down in Kenya and his name was Jake. And as he was done, and I was actually there for this. And when he was, we were walking back to the vehicle, he started crying. And this guy's a burly guy. I mean, he's a tough guy, big beard. And he started crying. And immediately, one of our representatives rushed to him and said, Are you okay? What happened? And he said, I am so touched right now. He said, as he was walking back, one of the chiefs was walking with him with the translator. And he said, as they were walking back, you see those kids over there, those kids that were holding your hand the entire time, not leaving your sight. He said, you are the first white people they've ever seen because oh, they're wow. like one years old, one and a half years old, barely walking. That touched his heart because again, we come from a society here in the States where if you don't know that person, don't talk to a stranger, you know? And again, right. I don't want to tell people to have your kids now go talk to strangers, but what I'm trying <laughs> to say is. You go to part of the world that you, and this is quote unquote what he said, I look like an alien figure compared to what they look like. And the fact that these kids would not leave my sight, they held my hand the entire time, that was his transformational journey. That no matter where you come from, who you are, what you look like, you could still be accepted into these parts of the world. And again, that's what these experiences can provide. It gives people a whole new outlook, perspective, and it really does give that aha moment where you literally come back to your own world and you're like, okay, what can I take out of these experiences and I can use into my day-to-day life?
0: And I think you kept using the word over and over, which, you know, part of my podcast (laughs) (laughs) title is transformation. And it sounds like these journeys really help people to transform and have a different outlook in their life or just see things from a different perspective, a different lens. And, you know, it's like they go in like the caterpillar and they come out a butterfly because they have broken down on the inside so many things that they might have thought were real and true. And then they get to go on this journey and find out all the things that they thought were real and true aren't really real and true. And it just completely changed who they are. And they've come back as a different person.
1: Yeah. And in school, I mean, I remember growing up in school, we're taught different cultures. We're taught different parts of the world, right? In geography class and stuff. But there's nothing like the same where you can actually go to that part of the world and really immerse yourself. That's a life experience right then and there, especially for children, but adults as well. I mean, you go to this place, like you said, you think you kind of have things in track. You think you have everything on. And don't get me wrong. like I'm not trying to steer people that you don't. But you also do see things in different ways, you know? I remember before, I used to get so uptight about like the littlest things. Okay, you get a flat tire on the side of the road. You're stuck in traffic. You know, and again, it's still frustrating. I'm not getting away from that. (laughs) It allows you to rethink that and look at it from a different perspective. I am blessed to have a vehicle. I am blessed to have AAA to come to my service. I am blessed to be able to afford to get a new tire for my vehicle. I am blessed to then get back onto the road. Those are certain steps because we all know life is hard and we all know that it's overwhelming. We all know there's stress. But again, when you can go out there and then you can see how, you know, some people say they don't have much when it comes to material things, but they have everything because sometimes the less you have, the greater you have, the less problems you have. And just being able to go somewhere where these people are so happy They might have a piece of bread for the day and you walk by, they're going to offer it. And you don't get to experience that unless you really get the opportunity to connect with the locals. And I'm not talking about going to some lodge, which you will, and you'll meet locals and they're gonna be amazing. But when you can really go into real communities and real families, that's just a whole different experience. And that's why we wanna make sure that, yes, we can tailor our journeys to make sure that we ultra fit the ultra, ultra luxury If they want chartered flights, they want the highest five-inch star accommodations, no problem. But those people still also want to pair those one-day, two-day immersive experiences into those itineraries. So they still get that pampering luxury journey, but then they also get those very authentic, we like to say, soul-touching experiences as
0: well. Nice. So since you work with travel agents and consultants, if somebody actually wants to go on one of these journeys, should they contact their favorite agent?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, we really take a lot of pride and joy to partner with travel agents, group leaders, wellness retreat curators, anything like that. And so we always advise travelers when you are ready to take the plunge and go on this immersive adventure, this journey, reach out to your local travel agent, reach out to your group leader, have them get in contact with us. And then, you know, again, we tailor everything to make sure we meet the needs and interests of all the clients and the travelers.
0: That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. So, so much for being here and sharing this with us. And I will definitely be talking to you soon because guys, it's like I said, I'm putting together a small group trip. We are going to Kenya. We're going to have a blast. So yes, Skylar, I will be speaking to you soon. And (laughs) And it's just been a pleasure. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye now.
1: Bye.